Hi, my name is Christine McCourt-Reed, and my definition of relentless is being unyielding in everyday life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Relentless Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Dubay, and on this episode, we are pleased to have with us a dedicated communications and community advocate whose commitment to community service extends far beyond her professional role. She's going to enlighten us on several topics, including community engagement, stewardship, fund development. Oh gosh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm very, very happy to have Christine McCourt-Reed, who is the director, I've got to make sure that I get your title right, the Director of External Relations with the YWCA here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Welcome, Christine. It's good to have you. Hi, Kyle. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Well, this is good. We had a nice little kind of pre-pod chat yesterday. We did, yeah. It was good. Got was to know great. each other a little bit. I know. And Christine, we, we, we brought you on, and, and when we were talking yesterday, I, I said that I know of the YWCA. Mm-hmm. But I don't know a lot about it. And how did you phrase it? I said, the YWCA, we're an organization that is well known, but not known well. So you can say YWCA and everybody's going to know like, oh yeah, the YWCA, a lot of confusion with the YMCA. We Mm -hmm. get that a lot. Mm -hmm. But we're actually an organization that's been around since 1907. So we're the longest and largest, the the longest serving and the largest women's uh, focused organization in the province, actually. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that history, like 1907. I also didn't know that when I started with them. But it's a pretty pretty amazing organization to be a part of. They do some really great things in community. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. When I think of 1907, my my grandfather on my mom's side was born in 1910. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it was before him. Yeah. Which is incredible to it's me. It's before a lot of things. It's before, you know, women could vote. It's right. before so many rights for women. Right. And so it really just started as a way to support women in the community and help them have their needs met. And it's just continued. We continue our North Star, we always say, is equity. We do a lot of work to um, seek equity in community through the services we provide and the organizations that we work with as well. This is good stuff. We're going to get in to the YWCA. And I, yesterday, once screwed up and called it the YMCA. Well, you're not alone. Most people do that. I, myself, have been guilty of it. Okay. Probably everyone who okay. works there good. has done that at good. some point. Then I yes. don't feel super bad, but yeah. I'm going to do my very best to not screw that up. But let's talk about you before we talk about the YWCA. Okay. Um, Christine McCourt-Reed. Where, who are you? Where do you come from? I'm me. I you're, come you're from. You. I come from. I'm a little Ukrainian girl who comes from uh, just outside of Vagerville. I've okay. been in Edmonton since 1993 when I moved here for university. Yeah. Uh, where, where outside of Vagerville? Uh, north, so kind of between. Uh, Wait, was it a town, a farm? No, farm. Oh, yeah, okay, farm yeah. girl. Between kind of between Vagerville and Mondaire. Okay. So, you know, Ukrainian sausage. central. Yeah. 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 Uh, so We've you're got t- the sausage tough... out there. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Are you? Uh, so you're a tough farm girl. Uh, yeah. 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 Like you grew up like farming, like throwing bales and like milking cows. And and picking rocks in the field and getting eggs from the chickens and like butchering cattle. Oh gosh. Yeah. You're hardcore. I don't love it. No. Farm life is not for me. I'm super glad my parents are still there and my kids have that place to go and experience it. I'm more of a city girl at Yeah. Farm life. I grew up in in the city and, uh, I, I need a 7-Eleven really close. Yeah. 
really close. Yeah. So yeah, we were a twenty-five minute drive from the nearest town. Oh my gosh! So. Oh, that'd be, but I mean, I guess if that's all you knew, that's all you knew. So you come, you come to Edmonton, yeah, uh, University. Uh, back in the early nineties, what, what, tell us about your journey. Tell us about your journey that, that kind of helped lead you here and don't go f- too fast. Okay. Uh, well, so I came here, I did the journalism program at what was back then called Graham McEwen Community mm-hmm. College, mm-hmm. which is now just McEwen, mm-hmm. but I'm dating myself a bit. Uh, and then decided I was much too young to like go out into the world when that was done and start a career and a life and be an adult did you want to be a journalist like, was uh, yeah. that the goal you're like i'm gonna go like do you want to be in print you want to be on tv what do you want to do i wasn't really sure i just sort of knew i'm like writing is my thing communications that's my thing so i was excited to do the journalism program and i was like "Ooh, i'm not i'm not sure if i'm ready to be mm-hmm. a, a to adult fully yet uh so then i decided to go to the u of a and i got uh my bachelor of design in visual communications there okay uh so that was a great time so you know, coming to the end of the 90s, finishing my post-secondary schooling and... With two degrees? With, well, a degree and a diploma. Okay. The journalism was just a diploma back the, then. The U of A, what was that one again? So it's a it's a very specialized program. So it's the Bachelor of Design. So it's in the Faculty of Fine Art and Design. Okay. And it's in Visual Communication. So a lot of people are like, I don't understand yeah, what, what that what, means. What is that? Uh, I think a lot of people today refer to that kind of work as graphic design. Okay. So we did a lot of like... Uh, okay. Everything from photography, typography, yeah. uh, design, you know, laying out. Uh, that, was prob- that was probably and- almost right before graphic design, even for computers, took off. Yeah. Like so, websites and all that uh, stuff. Yeah. It was kind of a novelty when I started right. in and Like we were one of the programs that got to have computers mm. and our Apple computers. Oh, so gosh. I'm like an early Apple yeah, adopter yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, very very different than computers are today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, are you and, still an Apple person? Oh, yeah. I am. I totally Apple am. Person, yeah. I totally am. You like, can use services, all Apple. Like, we have yeah. all that. I love stuff, that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I our our workplace is um is pc based and i'm like i don't know how to use these computers. i don't even know if i can use a pc anymore. i've tried doing something on one of my staff's computers the other day i'm like i i don't know i don't how think to i use could this it's like, very it would just be very weird and different yeah. for me because it has been oh gosh like 18 years i think yeah since i've ever i know yeah right? Anyway, They're sorry. just seamless. No, See, no. this is what happens on the Relentless Podcast. We just go down these little trails. I love sometimes. it. I'm like a squirrel. Back to you. Like a dog Back with a you. squirrel. You uh, come to the city You uh, with just a ton of Mondaire sausage. Yep. And you a do, lot your, of pierogies. You do, your, you do your university. <laughs> You're feeding all your roommates good Ukrainian yep. food. Yep. And, and now you've got uh, a diploma in, in journalism mm-hmm. out of McEwen. You've got... Visual arts communications out of U of A, mm-hmm. and you go, world. What am I doing now? Yeah, world. What am I doing now? And what did you do? I actually started up a design company with uh, one of my very good friends and classmates uh, that then evolved from just a graphic design firm, uh, which was you know a very small shop. And then we met some other people who were like, let's do this umbrella shop, big picture thinking. Actually. The the real impetus behind that was was uh, a gentleman named Ken Bautista who's run a, l- a number of things here in the city. I think he started like Startup Edmonton and I've just various. Yeah, yeah, so he does a lot of those types of things. Um, and then it didn't take too long to realize I'm not cut out to be a business owner. Hmm. 
I'm like a communicator. I don't have that business mm-hmm. mindset. Although I know you can hire people for that, but I'm like, I just want to be doing and working in community yeah. and that type of thing. So then what did I do after that? Oh, so then I went back to the university for work, which is I had worked at the university to, to put myself through school. Okay. Um, it's like in the cafeteria or what? No. no. So when I was in university, that I worked at the Gateway newspaper. Well, okay, I could have, okay. right? You could get a job anywhere. I know anywhere that, but then it made anything. it seem like you went back to work in the cafeteria after you had no, that. No, no, no. Uh, so I'd worked at the Gateway newspaper, which was run by the Students' Union yeah. at the university. Um, and then... Yeah, I went back. I was like, that's such a such a great organization to be a part of. Um, so I think they had been posting for a, um, a communications person. So I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I'll come back. Uh, and I've I loved working there through university. I loved working there after university. Uh, and I worked up. I worked there right up until um, until I had my first child and went mm-hmm. on maternity leave. Okay. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great. Yeah. And I was pretty convinced I was going to go back within three months because I'm the type of person who likes to keep very busy. So I told them I was like, I'll be back in a few months. Like we'll figure this thing out with the kid and we'll yeah. get it sorted. Yeah. And then eleven and a half months later, I called yeah. them and I said, I don't think I'm coming back. And they're like, We kind of yeah, guessed. We, we hadn't heard from you. We figured. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um. And then work-wise, yeah. where'd you go from there? Well, life took a little bit of a turn for me, actually. So I had decided not to go back to work and kind okay. of just stay home with my daughter at that time. And uh, we knew we wanted to grow our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, we'll stay home for a bit, um, kind of keep building our family, see, see what that looks like. And uh, who knows, I could have been like barefoot and pregnant for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But life sometimes throws you curveballs. And um, halfway through my second pregnancy, which was not that long after after the first, uh, my husband actually was quite unfortunately diagnosed with uh, terminal stage four cancer. Uh, we had anticipated that he might still have, uh, the doctors thought maybe he was very young, very fit, very healthy. So they thought he probably had another year and a half to two years to live. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it was from the day of his diagnosis to the day of his funeral. We, it was only five months. So his his one his only goal once once he actually got his diagnosis was uh, to to see our our second child be born, and he did. That was his last good day. Uh, she came early. She was three weeks early and breech, and it was a whole thing. And he walked her to the NICU while they were sewing me up after the emergency C section. And um, that was the last day he walked. We. Uh, uh, yeah, it life threw a curveball my way that I wasn't expecting. So, um, oh, excuse me. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, anyway, life throws curveballs sometimes and, and, uh, doesn't necessarily put you on the tra- trajectory that you expect you're going to be on. So I stayed at home with them for a while. That first year was pretty difficult. I had a two-year-old and a three-week-old and did not know what to do with myself. And to be honest, I actually don't remember much about that first year at all. Mm. Uh, Definitely didn't work. Uh, Had a lot of support from, we have like a large extended family. So a lot of support from family and friends during that time. Um, And then gradually just sort of started realizing, you know, life goes on. I I have to be here for these two kids. They're, they've, I'm it. That I'm, an, I'm an only parent, not just a single parent, but an only parent. Mm. So, um, so yeah, adjusted. It. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot. You never, you know, some 
you don't really get a break. You're always on your mom and your dad and your everything to them, which is I, fine. I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I do want to say to you again that I'm, I'm so very sorry for your loss. Thank you. I'm so very sorry for your daughter's loss. Yeah. Um, That's the toughest part. Thank you. Um, we, t- we, we don't need to go hardcore into it, but we talked yeah. a little bit of just about grief and loss and, and, um, yeah, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, being such a, a young mom with with such, I mean, kids in general, but such, I mean, so young. Yeah. And then, like you said, being an only parent. Yeah. Right. Not not a single parent. So uh, it's a beautiful story, though, about your husband. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. He would have been so proud of them. And you're right. It's the the hardest part is. Um, those celebratory moments in life for for my daughters uh, are very bittersweet because their dad would have been so proud right. and would have been, you know, right. just wanted more than anything to Pretty be there incredible, to watch though, them. That is his the day that your your second daughter was born it was his last best day, but it yeah. was a best day. And, yeah, and, uh, it's a beautiful story. Um, but yeah, I, and I think that you know when we were talking about being relentless you've had to be relentless in your life for a lot of different reasons, yeah. but this is probably the most. Is that fair to say? Yes, I would say so. And it really, I think, changed the trajectory of of where I went, both in terms of career and um, volunteerism, actually. Mm-hmm. And I know I mentioned to you yesterday, I'm like, mm-hmm. I do, I, it is self-diagnosed, but I definitely have a classic case of uh, chronic volunteerism, yeah. volunteeritis. Uh, I have a hard time with the word no. Uh, but it's an addiction. I d- it's it an addiction. is, it is. And you, I mean, Kyle, you're the same. Um, I, you know, I, I see you and the work you do and you just want to make things better. Right. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not volunteer. I do do no. some volunteer work I have in the past, but I don't think that I was ever like hardcore, like the way that, that you have been, yeah. you know? And, and I think that the things in our lives make us look at the world differently, differently. Yeah. And, um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes bad. <laughs> I think like I'm still pretty young in my, my grief <laughs> journey, but there's some, you know, um, but, but I do think that, that it, it makes us see others in need. Exactly. Very differently. And approach it. Like we talked about, uh, I think when you've been through it, it's not something you can imagine if you haven't been mm-hmm. on a grief journey yourself. So I think it really, uh, allows you to approach life with a much more empathetic lens. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I see people differently. Yeah. You know, I do. And I know you do too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you got the, the little ones. Yep. The first year and just survival mode. Yep. Really, the, let's be honest, in my opinion, probably the yeah. first five years. Yes, honestly, I yes. feel it's probably still yeah. survival mode at sometimes, but yeah. for you some days. But um, what what led you to where you are today? Again, that was kind of a life-defining moment. And so I really tried to adjust my life really to be there for my kids Mm -hmm. and so that meant when they were young before they started school for work that meant just kind of doing contract work which I would pick up here and there um but really just being available to them which is hilarious because I think when my younger daughter was in grade two she was like why can't you just be normal like the other moms and get a real job so I can go to out of school care with everybody I was like, I think when you have kids of your own, you'll maybe appreciate yeah, how I've adjusted right. uh, to be here. But yeah, kids, the perspective of kids and what yeah. comes out of their mouths. Uh, but what I did start doing then is I actually got quite involved uh, with the Canadian Cancer Society. Uh, I, I 
just wasn't, I wanted to honor my husband in some way and leave some sort of legacy. So we started there. They had a fundraiser called Relay for Life. It was uh, a peer-to-peer fundraising event that that we as a family, our extended family, got quite involved in and put a team in and and uh, team of family and friends. And, and so the first year was really, really successful. I can't, we raised like tens of thousands of dollars, our team, which was great. And it, it, I think it was a way for all of us to help process our loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that evolved to me becoming a volunteer with the Cancer Society and becoming their international representative to the Relay for Life community. So again, I was like not necessarily working, but doing all of this work for them to a point where they're like, will you actually come work for us? I'm like, no, actually I'm more, I think I'm actually more valuable to you as an asset, as a volunteer, right? Interesting, yeah. So stayed with them for many, many years. Actually, it was just, I can't remember last year or two years ago where I actually uh, finished up my my term as chair of mm. the uh, board for the Cancer Society and finished up my term on the national board with them as well. But yeah, I've had the most incredible experiences through that path, met incredible people who I would, they wouldn't be part of my life for sure if uh, if I hadn't lost my husband. That's, right. that's I think, not not the direction my life would have taken. Yeah. 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 No, volunteerism is, is so important. It is. And it obviously became, like you said, especially with... with uh, cancer organization like to 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 process the grief right to to, yeah. to I, I feel like i'm constantly searching for purpose yeah and, and truthfully distraction right that's a big that's, part of it too i i would agree i'm like you need something to keep busy and keep your mind busy and i i agree 100 yeah. percent. that is absolutely um a, a big part of it yeah Sorry to interrupt the Relentless Podcast, everybody, although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our Relentless Merchandise Store. That's right, we have launched a merchandise store for all of our Relentless garb. We've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got crew necks, we've got hats, we've got toques, and we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.ucan.ca, that's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner. I think it says, buy our merch. Hit that button, boom, it'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with. And two, because it's a conversation starter for you. When you wear it, people are going to go, what's relentless? You can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people. And then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life. That's what we want. We don't want us to just be relentless. We want you to be relentless too. Thanks for your support. And we appreciate you helping us out. Now, back to the show. Okay, so let's talk. YWCA. Yeah. If you want to get there. I do. Let's, yeah. So I landed at the YWCA. It'll be five years ago this April. Okay. Uh, April 1st, actually. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious joke. Not Hilarious even jo- joke. We're not even fooling here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've, 
been in a number of roles there, um, kind of always in the external relations department. Okay. Not kind of, for sure. What, what does in. that mean? It's, external I know, relations. Right? It's, it's a very it's fancy. A very, it's it very means cool. a lot it's of like things. It's like a hoity-toity. I know. But it it's a very simple, concise way of kind of trying to wrap it all up because there's a lot that our, our team does. So fundraising is a big one okay. uh, as a not-for-profit, as a charitable organization. Uh we have to do a lot of fundraising to actually yeah. offer our programs and services, as you know. Yes. You know, you can's in the same position. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of silly that these like essential services for for vulnerable populations need to be. Don't, you do know. you find? Um, I find fundraising funny sometimes. It is. And that, that, people are like, "What are you talking about? Fundraising is yeah. funny." I actually think it's a bit weird. It is that I ask people for money. I'm going to ask for people for money for your organization. And Please my organization do. Yes, today. people donate. They'll donate, but it's just a weird job. It is a very strange job, and it's not for everyone. There's a lot of people who are uncomfortable being like, "I could never ask someone for money," and I say, "But what's the worst thing that could happen?" They're like, "Well, they might say no." I'm like, "And that's that's the worst thing. You can take no. Yeah, Anybody but can you hear know how no." Rejected I was in high school. <laughs> Every girl I asked out said no. I was built for this job. So here's the thing. This is what I think people don't understand. And I'm, I, I, I've pushed it on this podcast before. And I'm going to continually push it on this podcast about charities. Anytime we have a charity yes. person on. Is it's a business. It is. So in the same way a salesman asks you for your money so that you can get a product right? For whatever yeah. that company is. My brother's a salesman. Yep. I think he sells hoses or something <laughs> in the oil field. Yeah, I don't even know what the guy sells. I love him so much. He's I such a it. good dude. Uh, but he's asking, I'm asking you for money to yeah. buy this product. Well, guess what? We have a product as well. Yeah. They're called human beings. Exactly. And so our product, and we're going to talk about your product in yeah. a sec, but our product is these young people that we're trying to get out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. That's what it is. Absolutely. So what you're doing is you're paying. Now, you might go, yeah, but I'm not getting the product. But you are. Do you know, you know where you're getting? You get it in your heart. You are getting it in your heart. And you're investing in community. Community. Which is so important. You're helping, you're helping people um, maybe get away from utilizing the tax dollars that yeah. some people complain about going into those programs. Exactly. And helping them turn into taxpayers. Yeah. It's an investment. It is an investment. And so that's where it's kind of weird that we do what we do. Yeah. But it's not that weird. No. To me, it's sales. Uh, it, it is. It's very much sales. Yeah. And and you're right. Like, we are a business. We have to run ourselves as a business. Yes. Otherwise, it's never going to work. That's right. Yeah. So what's your product? Well, we have let's a lot sell, of products. Okay. Let's sell the YWCA. Okay. Well, I will say uh, our, our CEO, actually, she she's like, our North Star is equity. And mm. it is. So mm. we're here in search of equity. Uh, we do a lot. A lot of our work is really wrapped up in violence prevention and recovery against gender-based violence and just right. advocating for equity for uh, equity oppor opportunity and choice for all. Yeah. So some of our main program areas are um, like one of our biggest, most successful ones is our counseling services. So that is affordable sliding scale mental health services for anyone in need. This is not just focused on women. That's uh, any ages, service. all ages. We do youth, we do adult, we do group. Um, and 99.9% .9 of our sessions are partially or fully subsidized. Yeah, so, you said that there's people that are paying five bucks a session yeah. or 30 bucks a session just because it's on a, on a sliding, sliding scale, scale based on what they can afford. That's and of beautiful. course, if the, yeah, if, if they can afford a little bit, then I think, you know, it's 
I, I think they find value in be, being able to pay a little bit, but if they sure. can't, that we don't, we want to remove as many barriers as possible. So our, all of our psychology team, they work uh, using a trauma informed lens. Um, we, there, as you know, there's a lot of mental health need in yes. community right now, especially yes. coming out of the pandemic. So we do have to kind of triage our, our intake system. So mm-hmm. a lot of the, the people we're supporting are escaping violence right. or um, right. victims of other kind of traumatic um, incidences and right. that type of thing. But but we're really working to move people on that journey. How many people, how many people on that team? Um, well, we have, it's, we run a practicum program actually. Okay. So right now I think we've got about 20 ish wow. people in the, wow. in the, uh, awesome. it is. That's and then awesome. come spring, we'll lose a few of the, the practicum students, but yeah. it's a great actually training field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're like in our final steps of being certified as an actual, um, accredited practicum program and so we'll actually be the only not-for-profit in i can't remember if it's western canada or all of canada wow. that will be accredited to yeah, do i've never this. heard of that before that's yeah. amazing yeah that's amazing it is our, yeah. our team does great great work there very cool um and and again that's that's open to anyone who needs it uh in person virtual we're doing work in we've um got some funding from the government of alberta we're doing a pilot right now to be in remote shelters in rural alberta cool. where they actually don't have access to this so we're doing telepsychology uh for for those shelter clients yeah all right well that's one product that's one we've got a lot that's one product that people can invest in yes yes yeah and that really is investing in yes it is massive yeah what an investment yeah uh, on the other end of the spectrum, yeah. we also we have a disability services department, and this really we this we've been doing that work for fifty years, and this is supporting. Um, I love this. You told me I love. I this. know I Sorry love it to too. You, it's so heartwarming. Me, I love this. We it's and it's really special, and I think a lot of people don't know we do this work because mm-hmm. we 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 don't typically talk about this this aspect of our work, and we want to get better at, at the storytelling for this. But our disability services supports um, adults with developmental disabilities um, and medical fragilities. And we've got about 20 youth that we serve as well. And so that's Edmonton community. Uh, but we also actually serve Northern clients. So Northern Alberta and Northwest Territories as well uh, who don't have access to the supports they need. Now, what I love about this is how it started. Yeah, we love that too. So it actually started, again, people are like, how does this tie into your equity work? Well, it actually started in the 70s when we're, when women were starting to you know become a major part of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we saw a big gap of women having to actually leave because they're like, I have to support my adult child. Like there's no supports in community for this. So I, I, I cannot work because my child needs me to be here with them. So really seeing that need in community, we were able to implement our disability services program. And so we support these individuals in whatever way they need. So sometimes they're still living with their family and they might just need respite care. Some of them are actually living full-time in care homes with with caseworkers. Um, it's just, it's incredible. And it's so heartwarming. Last year we started for them a social interaction club. Um, it's called the Joy Club because you go and you cannot help but feel joyful. Uh, so it's a month gather just a drop in and, and any of our individuals can come by with their family or their support workers uh and each month is themed a little bit differently so i think it's just incredible that because uh, you're right in the 70s um yeah lots of of women were, were hitting the workforce and and like you said these these adult folks with disability were, were, what were they going to do with them yeah and they literally had to quit their jobs to, to do this. So I just yeah. think it's such an incredible service. It is. And it's a, it's a niche type service. A Absolutely. lot of people wouldn't even think of this. But, um, you know, we, we personally know a family who um, has a daughter 
with severe disabilities yeah. and they have care during the day yeah. and, and all that type of stuff. But, um, the parents and, and like dad does a lot of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he actually doesn't want anybody else. He just, it's, a, it's, it's just beautiful to see. And so, I, I completely get that. But, f- but for them, they're fortunate that they do have that care during the day so yeah. that they can go and work because exactly. both parents work. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're talking about. Exactly. Here, you know? It's the supports that each family needs. So it's very individualized. That's right. And it's not that these folks don't want to take care of their, no. their loved ones. It's that they actually need to go out and support themselves exactly. as well. And sometimes they need a break. Exactly. You know, so very cool. Very yeah. cool program. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. You've got, I know we have so much. I think so you have many like offerings. 37 more. Well, <laughs> a few, a few. So we also, um, I guess the, the other piece we do in the city here is our youth programming, which mm-hmm. we've been kind of adapting after through the pandemic because we're like the needs of youth have really changed Mm -hmm. through the pandemic Mm -hmm. so we're really focusing now on our youth programming um focusing on financial literacy which you would think would be taught in schools and isn't uh so that's a piece that we we really saw that gap so we're doing a lot of financial literacy work for 10 to 18 year olds um civic engagement pieces Mm. lots of work on healthy relationships whether that's platonic relationships family relationships um romantic relationships you know really educating kids on what healthy healthy relationships are Mm -hmm. and and how to maintain and establish healthy relationships um so that's our youth programming uh and and we're doing some STEM work too. We have a really cool partnership with uh, Wisest at the university, okay, which cool. is like a science and engineering. Yeah. And again, not my world, but I'm like super and, cool. And I know it's, but what does STEM mean? So STEM is uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Yes. Uh, and so STEM's a real focus. It is traditionally a very male heavy kind of career path. Uh, and so there's been a real focus in recent years to get more girls mm-hmm. and women involved in yeah. STEM. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, so that's our youth programming. And then feeding into our youth programming, we operate uh, Camp Uwokus out at Lake Wobbleman. So that's a summer camp in July and August and then a year-round outdoor education center. So we see about, uh, like I think last year we had about 9,300 people come through through camp, through summer camp and so the outdoor groups. This is amazing to me because I had no idea that this camp existed. I know. Most people don't and, unless and, they've been and there. And you didn't tell me yesterday there was 9,300 people went through this yeah. place. Like this is a massive contributor and service Absolutely. to this province. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know it's, it's it's kind of the Edmonton community, but the Northern Alberta for sure. Absolutely. It's one of the biggest and um, best equipped camps here in, in Northern Alberta right. for sure. Yeah. And, and we're right on Lake Wabaman. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, now listen, obviously if you're in that area, you probably know. The yes. Camp, yeah. I, I had no idea that that camp even existed. I know. And, you know, and the beauty of it, when, when, when did it open? So we started not on that particular site, but at Lake Wobbleman. We have been operating a camp at Lake Wobbleman since 1916. That's crazy. In the middle of World War One. That's not 1960. No, 1916. Yeah. Crazy. So again, we're like, let's, let's start a camp for women in... The middle of World War Two, but right. uh, sorry, World War One. But uh, I guess you know the men were away. Yeah, it's like girls, we said earlier, right? Yeah. It was like, hey, Judy, yeah, want to go camping? Yeah, and they just said, yeah, yeah. So yeah, some outdoor education, some skill building, yeah. exactly. I think it's amazing, and and the fact that it's been going for that long, yeah, is incredible. But ninety three hundred people, yeah. how big is this place? It's 
fairly large. Pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, you know, you know, hundreds of kids come through each week in oh, summer for awesome. summer camp. And then we have all sorts of like, there's school groups, there's like yeah. corporate retreats that happen out there. Yeah, there's stuff throughout the entire year. Throughout the entire so year. So folks, yeah, if you're looking it. for a space, look yes. to book it. Yeah. Look yeah. to book it. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a very we'll special We'll make sure we place. have that in the show notes too. That right? would be incredible. Yeah, right. Thank you. Because it's and, and it's a it's a, a revenue generator. It is, yeah, right? yeah, for the for the organization. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's uh, it's funny because when I first started and went out there, as I also hadn't really heard of Camp Uokas, mm-hmm. and went out to see it. And I'm like, and so so there's people like staff that live out here yeah. year round. I'm like, why would people do that? Again, my farm background. I'm like, I would rather be in the city. Yeah. So I went and spent the full day there. And by the time I came home, I'm like, I want to live out yeah, here year yeah. round. It's it's very it's a very special place. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and then advocacy work. We do a lot of advocacy work is on, you know, all levels of government. Um, And then the last thing we do that's not, um, you know, one of our formal programs and services, but we really work to empower groups that need our support. So we have over 20 grassroots groups that we work with that are all equity seeking in different types of ways. So from, you know, indigenous advocates and leaders in indigenous community who are working on, you know, um, supporting family members and survivors of the missing murdered indigenous women and girls crisis. You know, we, we support them through some of the work they're doing to, you know, getting girls more involved in sport, to getting women more involved in politics, to getting, you know, BIPOC women more involved in the work place all of these groups are doing amazing work in the community and they're small and mm-hmm. they need a little support and so we're like lean on us lean on our infrastructure let us help and um, so what does that mean because i love that i yeah. love that you guys do. what does that mean it exactly? means different things for different people okay so for example uh coming up at the start of march we've got the skirts of fire festival which is one of the you know love it's a lovely festival in edmonton please go if you haven't been but what's it called partic- it's called skirts of fire skirts so of it's fire. like a yeah it's a it's a women's festival yeah, it's celebrating yeah. women uh, that's been going, I can't remember how many years that's been going on for, but it's a, it's a great festival that is, I think one of the most unrecognized festivals in the city that yeah. more people should know about. Yeah. Uh, and what they've started doing over the past few years is a specific program as part of their festival called the shoe project. And the shoe project actually is, um, it's for newcomer women to Canada and it is a program that works with them over the course of, you know, six months or so getting ready to this. And it's them telling their story of, of getting to Canada um, and based centered around a pair of shoes. And so they work with a voice coach, they work with a speech writer um, and it's, it's, so it's helped to help them develop connections, community, uh, language skills, all of right. these pieces. So right. this year's March 2nd and 3rd, I think are when the shoe project is showing, please go see it. It is it life changing. It will Where can change they find your perspective. Uh, the Skirts of Fire website, the Skirts okay. of Fire Festival website. Okay. Uh, there's women from Ukraine, Uganda, Syria. Like there's about uh, cool. twelve or fifteen women this year. Cool. Um, incredible. Cool. So I think this episode will be on before that happens. I well, if not, and if you know, not, then go check, check it out it next out year. But it, that yeah. sounds amazing. And it is the the, the, the shoe project. Yeah. just sounds like such a. Uh, powerful powerful it is and how we're supporting that so when we talk about you know our grassroots supports look looks different for different people so skirts of fire they they use our space they don't have a physical space of their own Mm. so they use our space for their meetings uh they use it for the rehearsals for the skirts of fire group uh and and those types of things so we can offer space that's cool there's other groups who are like 
I'm, I, I don't have charitable status and I really want to apply for this grant. Okay. So I can't get it without, the, so we can, can act as the fiscal agent. agent. Yeah. yeah. And there's other organizations that are like, we, you know, the indigenous partners that we work with who host these beautiful healing retreats, like weekend long healing retreats for families out at camp, um, just whatever supports they need. They yeah. know the, the work they want to do. And so we're like, you just, you just tell us what you need. Um, and you know, I think that's happen. a beautiful thing because you guys are a charity who's giving back to other nonprofits and charities. Yeah. Like it's, it's a really cool thing. And I actually, you know, I'm not going to go into some of the stuff that you can does cause it's not about that today, but I'm a big believer that charities should be helping. Uh, and we're not a big charity, but we're not a grassroots small yeah. charity. And I do believe that we need to be helping the smaller charities out because Absolutely. in 1907, yeah. that's what you guys were. And for yeah. us really, even 15 years ago, that's what we were. Yeah. And so I think that that's so cool that you do that. Yeah. And I think that's what I, part of why I love working at the YWCA so much is that really aligns with my own values mm -hmm. as well. But there's always room for more people at the table. And yeah. no matter what you have, you always have more than someone. That's, I, I, I was raised in poverty. We didn't have very much. But my parents were still very active in, in community, in advocacy, in all of those pieces. And, and you know, there's sort of this ingrained mentality of like, there's always something you can give. And maybe it's not dollars. You know, mm, no, time is right. time is a valuable thing. That's like right. when get it getting back to the volunteer piece or yeah. or your knowledge and those pieces. Like we can always support others yeah. in community. And why wouldn't you? Oh, why I wouldn't know. you work to build community? I know. It just makes sense. It does make sense. It just makes sense. It just feels selfish not to. You're you're very passionate about this. I am. Hey? I get a little get excited. I do. You get yes. Fired up, I which do. is good. Yeah. Yeah. The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Youth Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Youth Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. What's your favorite part of your? Is that, is that those are the things that you do? Those are the big pieces. What yeah. what what's the favorite part of your job? The people. The people. Yeah, I I love meeting people. I love connecting with people. It's very embarrassing for my children who are extreme introverts. They're like, "Mom, you don't even know that person. Why are you yeah. talking to them?" Yeah. Uh, but I have met the most incredible people along the way, uh, from both the staff in the organization to, you know, the partnerships we've been developing, even just getting to come here and meet you and Glenn and mm. all, all of this, I just, you know, life, life puts you kind of where you're supposed to be. And I've mm. just been put in the path of so many tremendously inspiring people. What, what are some of the needs at the YWCA that, that you folks need assistance with? Well, as with most charities, um, that financial support is a, is a big piece for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, definitely, that's that's the biggest gap I would say. Yeah. Um, and just kind of community building for sure too. Like, like I said, we're very well known but not known well. So just helping you know tell the story of the YWCA and the work we do. It's really it's great work. It's important work. We and we want to build more partnerships and and help more people and and all of those things. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, we talked before we hit record about monthly donors. Don't, yes. And I I think that there's some very big players within most communities uh, that have a lot of monthly donors. Yep. Uh, we don't. We also don't. But we're working on it. Right. But it's hard because I actually think that 
like I think monthly donors used to be a way bigger thing. I think so I, I haven't too. done research on this. I'm just thinking of when I was growing up. Yeah, and fundraising is very cyclical in terms of like what is you know the big it thing of, sure. of you know the the magic the sweet spot of of what's going to work in fundraising. Sure. Um, but the nice thing about monthly giving, it's it's an easy way to do it. I mean, people can do uh, payroll deductions or monthly credit card deductions, yeah. and I mean, it doesn't have to be much. No, if you no. can, you can. It, the nice thing about it, though, is it's secure, stable funding that the and, organization and, and can I rely on. I think that that's what people need to understand: yeah. is that that if you know that that money's coming in monthly it actually brings a lot of security to an organization. Absolutely. It's, and it it's helps a, it's, you plan better. It's actually better. a foundation. It, 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 it helps with planning. It's yeah. foundation, yeah. right? Um, and I'm a simple math guy because as I told you, I took math 23 three times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so to me, you know, you get 500 people giving you $25 a month. Well, that's yeah. 150 grand a year. Exactly. You know, and that's a lot of money for an organization. It and is. it helps with a lot of operational it things. It is. So, you know, and I always say 25 bucks a month is 87 cents a day, I know. Christine. It's, I mean, you can't even get a coffee for that, right? You can't get half a coffee no. for that. Well, I guess small at Tim Hortons, but I don't believe Maybe. in smalls. Exactly. I'm, I don't even believe in mediums. It's no, gotta you got to go all in. Yeah. you got to go so, all in. So that's the thing. This is, this is what we're encouraging people to do then is if anything you're hearing on this podcast is inspiring you, which it should, because if it doesn't, what is wrong <laughs> with you? Um, then you need to go to the, the YWCA Edmonton website and you need to hit donate now. Yeah. And you need to figure it out. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. I really believe that. And I'm hopeful that maybe one person, because I think we have 19 people that listen to the podcast. Perfect. Just, you know, so just one would be good. Just one. Um, we'll say 20. We'll say 20, right? Because that's 5%. That's a 5% return on this investment. Because if people don't know, I make people pay to come on the podcast, (laughs) Um, which isn't true, which isn't true. I should probably pay people to come hang out with me. This is my hope is that some people can do that. Because again, the the, the finances are important. Now, there's got to be some volunteer opportunities too, though. For sure. Uh, And we have different things. Actually, we, we, as again, as a not-for-profit, most not-for-profits in the city and in Alberta, you know, are in the casino cycle. Uh, We are not. You're not? Oh, you should get on. No, but we've tried, but I've told this because the way we're set up, we don't have members or something like that. Oh. Do you know about this? I do. Yeah, we'll talk after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could talk now, but it'd be so boring I know. We don't need to get into the nitty-gritty But we're not into the casino cycle. Well, okay, we'll work. We'll work on okay. getting you into that. Okay. But uh, we do have a casino coming up uh, June twenty seventh, twenty eighth. That mm. we're looking for volunteers for. Uh, we are also actually working on a bit of a project at a uh, uh, bit of a capital investment out at Camp Uocas. It's mm. overdue. I think our last capital plan out there was in 1980. Oh, wow. So we're coming up on close to 50 years, was almost 50 years. Uh, so needs a little TLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're looking for um, volunteers to kind of help help steward and guide that work. Uh, just, we're looking listen, for camp alumni to reach out. I think this is all good stuff, but you just said 1980. We're getting It's 44 years, Kate. I know. Because you're making me feel so old. I know. Let's not think about when that. When you say 80 and like 50 years. Let's just <laughs> It's 44 years. Yes. Because that that makes me feel better. I'm also not good at math, so I just round up. Like 50 seems easy. Where I'm at. So um, definitely needs for volunteers. It it just is, again, an incredible organization that people don't know enough about. 
it's true. And when we bring people into the organization as volunteers or through other opportunities where they're brought to us and they see this, especially, you know, if they'll come to a joy club, for example, they'll be like, this is incredible. More people need to know about this. We're like, more people do need to know about this. It's really special. It is. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good way to, to put it. It's yeah. really special. Yeah. Um, what else? What else would you like to talk about? Oh, anything. I just, you know, I love community. You know, when we talked about, you're like, you come, come chat. And I'm like, what are we going to chat about? And, and so it's really trying to, I know, I love it. I love it. But, but yeah, like community building is really my focus. So one of my, you know, one of my volunteer things right now, I don't have a lot of capacity mm-hmm. with just with work is, as you know, there's, there's a lot going on there's at work. I just filled you in on all there's that. A lot. Um, but I'm also the president of our community league in the city here too, which is also a really special thing. Community leagues don't really exist outside of Edmonton. And yeah, it's a really and, cool and thing. You know, I don't live in Edmonton. So no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suburb. Okay. Guy. I'm a do you guys have Community leagues in St. Albert? Not we do. Oh, I don't know about I, Like, it really is an Edmonton thing. Yeah, I think it's an Edmonton thing. Yeah. I don't think we do. And they've been around for, that's another thing that's been around for over 100 years yeah. is the Edmonton Federation of Community Leagues. And I have friends, you know, a, a good friend of mine in Vancouver. Um, I was like, she was like, what's a community league? Mm. I'm like, what do you mean, what's a community league? And it's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they run, you know, they operate a lot of community events and run the community rinks. Like yeah, we have yeah, so many right. of the outdoor and rinks. they usually and have like a little bit of a clubhouse that you can like for go sure. and you can rent for events. And exactly. And you live in the community. And like the community playgrounds and run right. summer programming. And so, you know, there's some community leagues that, you know, everyone does things a little bit differently. But there's yeah. such a great way, you know, if people are like, I, I want to get more involved with my community. It's like a big condo board. It is. No, no. Well, we I mean, want... there's no dues. Well, I shouldn't say there's no dues. They're, they're pro- you, you know, buy a membership, support your community. Sure, league. but a they membership's a lot what? For you. Uh, again, depends on the community league. For us, I think it's $40 for a family. $40 for a family. Yeah. Right? $25 so, I mean, for a senior. For a year. That's it is. Yeah. And so they, you know, do things from, again, working with the city on yeah. advocacy pieces That's right. to, you know, putting Get involved on in your community events. league exactly. if you live in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. Just be, just help build community. You, you really love people. I do love people. You love community. Yeah, I do. Where's it's that, great. What, where does that come from, though? Like, does that come from your family? Does that come, no. And then you're like, no, my, my family, we're actually not. Yeah. Like, like, where does it come from? Like, is this just this? I, and, I mean, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously having so much empathy after, uh, yeah. after your greatest loss. Yeah. But it had to be there before that, No, too. I think, yeah, I've always definitely been like an extrovert, a people person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to help. I think like my leadership style, I'm very much a servant leader of like, mm-hmm. how, how can mm-hmm. I help you? How can I support you? That type of thing. Um, but I do just, I love, people are so fascinating. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone, has, we're all shaped by our life experiences, right? I love that, yeah. So everyone's got something and I just want, I love learning. You're curious. Yeah, I am curious. curious. I want to know more. I, I love that servant-hearted leadership to. thing too. I'll be honest hmm. with you, I don't think that I'm a uh, total servant. I, I, I'm, I think that I have servant-hearted leadership within me. Um, I'm a little bit uh, uh, like, hard as a boss sometimes which so, which is good that is a weakness for me i'm sometimes not hard enough. yeah i think that some of my staff are like oh gosh like because my expectations i don't think they're unrealistic and they, yeah. they, they might be on some things but i don't think they are because i'm old school where it's like put your head down and get your job yeah. done but 
I also believe in being servant-hearted as a leader where I try yeah. to give as much as I can to my staff and, yeah. and to others are, are around the exactly. organization. And I don't think you could be in the job you're in without having a little bit of that mindset. You have like, to. I think you definitely you have, have that. To. I literally was just talking to my best buddy Bob about this yesterday, yeah. being uh, servant-hearted as a leader, yeah. right? And and how it it's not everybody's way of doing it. No, no, it's you know? not. Um, and so I don't, I don't know what that stems from. And everyone's different, right? So it's mm-hmm. a little bit personality. It's like, so a little bit nurture, a little bit nature. Yeah, that's right. A little bit that's how right. you're brought up, right? You your know, own life experiences. You know, it's so interesting though, because I, I, when I look at leadership, I just, it, to me, it's quite simple. Do people want to follow you or not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, that sounds so simple. Yeah. But that's kind of what leadership is. It is, you yeah. Know? And not everybody wants to follow me. No. And, Maybe not everybody wants to follow you and that's the way it goes. But do you have enough people who want to follow you and believe in what you're doing and, and what you're saying and, and how you're acting and what yeah. you're providing and, and what you're contributing to the community to actually make this difference? And I think that that's what you have. See, there's somebody who knows you, who works for you, uh, that talks quite highly of you as a leader. And that's how we got connected. Yeah, um, yeah. That's and that's so heartwarming to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't ever hear that. My staff never say that. About me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever? No, you probably don't because you're too nice. Like, like I'm 14 years old sometimes. Actually, not sometimes. I feel like I'm still 16. Well, I'm 14, yeah. like, because I'm just a little shit sometimes. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, what do people say about me behind my back? <laughs> Like, what a loser. I think I used to be actually really invested in that, too, of like, I just, I need everyone to like me. And I think with age comes wisdom. I'm like, I don't need everyone to like me. You know what's funny, though, for me, Chrissy? I don't need everybody to like me. I I definitely used to, I definitely was that person. But I want everyone to like me. I think I I was a bit, but I think when I hit, I probably hit 35. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, even with my wife, I'm like, eh, if you don't like me, I don't care. Whatever. What are you gonna dump me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, I think she's I, stuck with you. Uh, she likes me. Yeah, that's good. Most of the time, I will say, I, I also, I, I did eventually remarry, and I've remarried to a wonderful, generous mm. man who, who, uh, has built built space for my late husband and our family That's as well, beautiful. which is incredible. Uh, I like him most of the time too. Yeah. Sometimes, but not all the time. No, like sometimes he doesn't flush the toilet and Sp- I don't like that. Spouses are punchable yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And that for sounds sure. really yeah. bad, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. My wife wants to punch me in the face often. Yeah. Because I'm an idiot. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I'm okay with yeah. that. She's, my wife's pretty awesome though, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, my husband's he's he's a pretty yeah, good guy. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. She's beautiful. We, I, and I don't she's think we smart. could do this work without um strong partners. No, I could. JP. I could for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I really appreciate um my husband carries a lot at home so that So that does I can my be so wife. invested. Yes. People out there like what the heck the way he talks about Jeanette. If oh. I would say that stuff in front of her. Yes. I have a very very stupid sense of humor <laughs> and she somehow is a fan of it well not that's all good you need not that. all of it yes but um i say stuff like that about Jeanette. listen uh i don't think you've you haven't listened to the Relance podcast before have you? uh no but well i, I started last night actually. i hope you i, I hope you're going to become a fan uh yeah you can now you can say you have 21 listeners yes yeah but do you know what my husband actually has listened when i was telling him what about i know he's like oh i've listened to that podcast I'm not really a podcast person. He is. So he's I, like, I know oh, that podcast. Wow. Yeah. I like your husband. Yeah, you would. You would you would really like him. 22 listeners. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
we do a thing on the podcast uh, to prove if people are. And listen, before we even get there, I want to I want to thank you for for all the things that you talked about today. But in particular, for being vulnerable about uh, and authentic is what I'll say about um, about your loss and and really a time in your life that kind of changed your trajectory, yeah. if you will, um, which I believe great loss does to many people. It does. So, Absolutely. Um, I want to thank you for that. And what you do in the community is pretty incredible. And so, you know, it's impressive to me. Yeah, and you are you. relentless. But are you truly relentless? Oh. And we're going to find out. Okay. As we do the relentless quiz. Dun, dun, dun. I can't wait. Okay, Christine. All right. This is very serious, too. So oh, I am very serious. Very, I can tell you're just, yes. str- I'm, just I'm, so li- serious. Actually, literally on the edge of my seat. Fruits or vegetables? Oh, fruits. That was a very serious yes. answer. Yeah. You're like, oh, fruits. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My father-in-law once told me I don't eat enough vegetables. I tried. Mm. I really tried to be better since then, but I love yeah. fruit. Fruit yeah. is delicious. Oh, I like fruit, too. Yeah. City or countryside? Oh, city. Yeah. Already answered. I knew that. I knew that. Uh, dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Oh. Oh. Probably kitchen. My bathroom is my sanctuary. I'll, I would have like three baths a day if I could. Okay. Yeah. So it's very clean. Yeah. Okay. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Chocolate. Which is interesting because lots of people the go, win. a lot of people go fruits and then they go salty. Yeah. No. So you're going sweet, sweet. Yeah. Morning or night? Morning person for oh, yeah. sure. Really? Like what time are you yes. getting up at? Well, you don't want to know. No, I do want to know. Uh, between, let's say 5 a.m. Is, is an average. That's not bad. It's not bad. Like, well, it is bad. Like, that's that's all. That's to me is what I call stupid o'clock, because like <laughs> for me it would be a stupid time to get up. Although it'd probably be a great time to get up if I actually put effort into my health and went and did something about it. Well, but I think why do you get up at that time? I can't help it. I wake up and then I can't go back. What time to do you sleep? go to bed? Well, by like ten o'clock, I want to be. I'm definitely not a night owl. Like, are you sleeping at ten? No, I get bed. into bed at 10 and hope okay. to be asleep by like 11.30. I thought so it was you, a farm thing. So you go thing. 11.30 and I know, then you're up? It's at, ridiculous. Like, you're not getting much sleep. I know. But I think the world would be a much better place if everyone took naps. Naps oh, I, oh, are such a good thing. Oh, you're preaching to the yeah. converted. I am. I love a yeah, nap. I love a nap. I'm too. a great napper. Yeah. Oh, naps are I thought the morning thing. I can have thing, a nap right now. I know. Me too. It's amazing. I thought the morning thing was like a farm thing. I'm like, I think it's just because I grew up on a farm and you have to get up early right. to do the work. It's not. My sisters are not morning people. Hmm. They're definitely sleeping people. I'll call my sister at like nine o'clock on a weekend she'll, and she'll call back two hours later. She's like, we're all still sleeping. I'm do like, you do you just, sleeps. do you have an alarm? You just pop while your eyes open. My eyes just pop open. Man. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'm up. So what do you do? Uh, read. I like to read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Well, hey, okay. Yeah. Good for you. Sometimes for I'll you. get up and make muffins, do laundry. Oh, gosh. Muffins? Yeah. Naps? This is just... I'm a grandma in a middle-aged yeah, woman's I body. It. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite comedy movie of all time? Oh, favorite comedy movie. I don't know if this counts, but it is one of my favorite movies, and I think it probably is a comedy, but The Princess Bride is mm. like, it is in a lot of genres, and it oh, is a like comedy. a class. Yeah, a yeah. And what a great movie. Yeah. What a great movie. There is something for everyone in that movie. Oh, I, I agree. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Big party or small gathering? Oh, um, interesting. You know, 
Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books, and there's a line in there about um, small gather, like big parties are actually a lot more intimate than small gatherings because you can be anonymous in a big gathering mm. and like have a private conversation with someone in the midst of all the chaos and everything going on, which a small gathering you can't. So I love people. I'm a people person. Yeah. I will, uh, so, I, I like both. So but, but you're going big gathering. Yeah, I'm going big gathering. Okay. That's an interesting, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, a phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? Well, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you had to think, do I say this on a podcast? Yeah, no, 100%. Yes, this is, this is the same as reading a magazine. Exactly. Same, like, this, is, this is what we do. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. I think I dropped you my phone in lied. the bath one time. I don't, so this is what I do. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, listen, yeah. uh, my beautiful wife has <laughs> dropped her phone in the hot tub. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you, like, why don't you sit back, close They're your eyes and relax? They're to be waterproof I know. now. And she's like, but I like to be on my phone. I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> That right. is relaxing for some people. I, yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. I, I don't bring my phone out there. Um, favorite love song of all time? Oh, I love music so much. Um, it, it might, this unconventional, uh, this is just what's popping into my mind, is um, Jackson by Johnny Cash and June Carter Great Cash. Great song. Yeah. Great song. It's not a traditional love song, but I mean, mm. their love story is so classic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. My middle boy, Jackson, yeah. thought See, that maybe. that song was about him <laughs> well, when he was little. Because I, I, I played a lot of Johnny yeah. Cash. I like Johnny Cash. So yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Very good one. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Gold star. You are passing this <laughs> test, okay? I love it. Two more questions. Okay. Cake or pie? Oh, cake. I do not like pie. I'll ta Cream pie, maybe, but I'm not. Yeah. Oh, cream pie. Banana cream pie. Banana cream. Oh, pie. see, you like yeah. pie. So you yeah. like pie. I like pie. I prefer cake. Right. Okay. Okay. Last question. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, inspiring beyond all belief. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's four. Yeah. That's four. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for no, being No, thank here. you. Thanks for being you and for doing this. Well, you are very inspiring, Kyle. Well, that's nice. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed our time together. Well, I think that potentially our organizations might do a little work together. I would love that. Right? Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah. And I've appreciated getting to know you here and, and chatting with you. I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your passion and what, what you're doing for this community. Um. And I appreciate that that this isn't about you. Yeah. That this is about the ones that your organization and my organization and other great organizations in the community are serving. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's about. So, Christine McCourt-Reed, you're pretty awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Where can we find you? Like, if people want to, like... You know, are you on the old a, Twitter yeah. box or are you on yeah, the... Yeah, so my handle, which yes. people are like, that's weird, but there is a backstory to it. But it's at Chrissy Cool with an E. So C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-O-L-E. Like, did you have a Twitter handle when you were in junior high? Like, what happened? <laughs> 
Uh, is that it your was, first email address? <laughs> it was from, uh, again, this is a legacy, legacy, yeah. sen- very sentimental piece. Most people don't know this story, yeah. actually. Uh, so my late husband was quite introverted, which is probably where my kids get it from. Yeah. Very shy. Yeah. Uh, and we were at an art auction at the university when I was still in university. I think it was my graduating year. Okay. And uh, so we were at an art auction. And he saw a piece he wanted to buy, but he did not want to draw attention to himself. So he's like, I don't, I'm not going to put my real name down. Uh, and so his name was John, but his nickname was Jimmy. And that's a whole Seinfeld sure, thing. Sure. Uh, and so he's like, but what name do I put? So I'm like, just put Jimmy. He's like, I need a last name. So we're like, well, just put cool. Um, and he's like, well, that will look fake. So we're like, put an E on the end. And then he just became Jimmy Cool. And Jimmy he was cool. Jimmy Cool forever. And so then I was Chrissy Cool. And so it really is just a sentimental thing. I and also it. Twitter. Chrissy Cool with an E. Yes. And when Twitter first started, my name actually was too long. All right, uh, right, there was right, a character yeah. count on how long yeah. your handle could be, so I couldn't put Christine. I McCord. love that that's so. where your handle comes right? from. I love I did, it too. I mean, I did make fun of it and say no. that you started engineering. I, I, but yeah, I love that, and I also love how you smiled so much when you told that story. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. Um, Chrissy Cool E <laughs> at. Uh, yeah, just I'm at, assuming at that's cool. on that's yeah. on all your stuff. Yep, Instagram. That's where everything. to find me. Yeah. Um, thank you again for being here, folks. Uh, check out the YWCA. Please go to their website. Check them out. Check out all the amazing things that they're doing in this community for some incredible people who live here. And um, if you so desire, donate. That's yeah. what we would like you to do. Um, for more on You Can Use Services, you can go to www.ucan.ca, which is Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. And we are looking for donations as well. Um, so by all means, hit donate now if you are inspired by our work. Christine, one more time, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Until we meet again. Yes, we'll be soon, I hope. All right, folks, uh, until next episode, stay relentless. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.